Welcome back to Emotional Runway, the entrepreneur's guide to mental health. In today's episode, Krista and I talk about the F word. Nope, not that one. Failure. What it looks like and how you can use it to your advantage. Our guest today is serial entrepreneur and founder of Yardbot, Divya Thakur. I hope you enjoy. All right, so Krista, today we are talking about a topic that I think a lot of entrepreneurs are scared of, and that is the topic of failure. <gasps> I know. You just said that? I know, the F word. The other F word. <laughs> It's a little scary, I'll be honest. Uh, But I I think it's really important to talk about failure and talk about what it means and what it doesn't mean and how you can use failure to your benefit. So talk to me a little bit about in your work with your clients, you know, what I think all of us are afraid of failing, right? That's where all the anxiety and all the stress comes from. So just cutting right to the chase, like what is what is failure? How do you coach people on looking at failure? What's the approach to take towards towards failure? So if you are human, you are all automatically going to be afraid of failure. It's just, it's what it is. Um, How I work with clients in order to be in a better position to have this, what's called mental resilience, is really having them kind of work on what are their biggest fears, you know, and based on those fears, (laughs) What is the likelihood that most of these things are going to happen? And if they should happen, let's put together a practice of how am I going to deal with that, right? Because nothing is nothing that we can fail on is not over something we can't overcome, right? right? So the way we look at our failures makes all the difference. If we look at our failures as a learning experience. So really telling ourselves, I need to look at this situation and understand like what I learned, what could I do differently? Like maybe it was something that was going on with like a coworker, for example, because we're all co-creators, right? It's never just me. It's never just you. Um, so if we look at our failures though and, and tell ourselves, we'll we'll never be able to do this, right? We should just like hang it up and move forward. I mean, what is that? What are you learning about yourself? Yeah, you're giving up. Right. And not only that, but you're probably giving also that model to the people around you, like say your family, you know? Here's the deal. Like nobody likes a quitter, Okay. (laughs) Right. Nobody likes a quitter. I I totally agree. And there was a moment like when I was really struggling with this and I was like, God, I just feel like I want to quit. And my, uh, he was seven at the time he came up to me. He's like, you're going to quit Skyfire. Like, well, no, I'm not really going to quit Skyfire, but man, I'm frustrated. He goes, you can't quit Skyfire. Like you've come this far. And I'm like, Oh wow. Like a seven-year-old just shook me back into reality. So there, but I mean, I think that's, that's just it is, you know, I think so many people in this, uh, in this world tell you like, Oh, if you're in a stressful situation, just leave that situation. Like it's not that simple. Um, and I think particularly when you have started a business and you have investors and you know, you have brand equity and you've worked through all these things, identity, right? right? It's, I mean, yeah, it becomes part of your identity and walking away is not an option in in a lot of cases. And so basically get, you know, we talked about this on the last episode, getting comfortable in that feeling and using it to your advantage. Yeah, and that's where we planning, right? Planning and rehearsing can come in and be really valuable. Going through the what ifs. So that's a big part of, you know, working in in a counseling office anyway about how do we deal with anxiety, right? 
It's the what ifs, the worst case scenarios. If we can talk about them, put them out there, they become less scary. Right. You know, and going back to the nobody likes a quitter. I mean, I'm sure we'll get some of those. Like that was a terrible thing to say. And I'm referencing quitter in the sense that you're just dropping everything and not having this moment of reflecting back and really figuring out what is it that I learned from that experience. Because we know that if you're not going to learn something from it, you're likely to repeat that again. So you can't just quit. You've got to quit and it's got to mean something. You've got to make that or not, not even just quit, but you got to make that failure mean something or else it was all for nothing. Yeah. And I, I mean, I guess looking to at our, you know, ourselves as we're always in a state of like growth, you know, understanding who we are, what we're bringing to the table. I know being able to know who you are, show up in your space authentically will make all the difference in your ability to do what you're doing and do it well. Yeah. You know, no one, no one, we don't want to want to be cookie cutters, right? Like we're entrepreneurs. We want these new novel, unique ideas, you know? Yeah, that's, that's what, that's what why we're all is. doing it, right? Yes, and, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that's right. And I think, you know, we, we've talked a lot about this idea that like it also shows too. And mm -hmm. Uh, you know, when you aren't, uh, you can tell when somebody's not excited or you can tell when somebody's exhausted. You can tell that the idea doesn't have the same passion um, that uh, that it once had before. So, you know, I think uh, what are some of the, you know, uh, put it out there, talk about it, you know, look it in the face, so to speak, um, so that it's not this scary monster in the closet. And then what do you do with that information? So once you've identified what the failure looks like and, and what that consequence would be, what do you do with that information? Do you keep coming back to that? I mean, what is the exercise that you practice there? Yeah. So you then remind yourself, you know, in when you face another really difficult situation, you're reminding yourself, I've been down this road before. I know what this feels like. I, I'm very familiar with this experience. And I know from the last time, here's what I did in order to get through it. And I'm going to be okay, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, I think that's really important too. And, um, you know, it, just understanding that uh, not every crisis is as bad or uh, every every low is not as low and every high is not as high as it might seem. And so it's about putting everything into perspective and, and moving forward with that. Yeah, I think I think that, that makes a ton of sense. We are uh, excited to have our guest join us here today, Divya Thakur, who is the uh, founder of Yardbot and has uh, done a few things before that. So we'll get into that here in just a minute. Uh, definitely not a failure. That is not why we had you on the podcast today, Divya. <laughs> but uh, he, is a, a, he is a founder that works here at I2C. Um, we had the pleasure of meeting uh, through the process of starting MindSpark and, uh, and just being here in the building. So, um, but you have, the, uh, you have the experience of having been a founder out in Silicon Valley and, and in various places where there's a lot uh, stronger founder community. So. Uh, just tell me, welcome to the show, first of all. So I'm hello, hello. <laughs> uh, tell me a little bit about that experience and, and um, you know, your journey and kind of how you ended up here uh, at Yardbot and here in Huntsville. Yeah, I mean, um, I was working in New York in the financial services industry. And at some point I had an itch to start a company. I didn't know how crazy that was going to be, but that's that's what I did. And I uh, was into the Bitcoin space. So um, I started a company in that space and took some of my knowledge there. And through that process, I went through an accelerator in uh, San Mateo, California, which is, you know, in the Bay Area. And that was the first time I was kind of exposed to a very 
tight knit group of founders working together, uh, share the common, share all the pains of kind of going through a startup together. And this was in Boost VC, which is a accelerator based out of San Mateo. So that was sort of uh, where I first got that experience. And then uh, after my first startup didn't work out, I ended up taking a job in the Bay Area. And uh, I was out there uh, for about five, six years. And at a certain point, um, I wanted to get out of the Bay Area. Uh, COVID had hit, and I was just looking for different places. And I just chose Huntsville. It's a different story why I came out here. But that's I moved out here, and um, at some point, I decided to start my company after that. Yeah, no, it's funny because I have a similar, like, I don't know why I ended up in Huntsville, but I did. And I'm glad I did. It was kind of a random uh, random thing, but it turned out to be a really good move. Uh, so I, not to belabor the point, but I, talking about you said your first company didn't succeed. Tell me about that a little bit, as much as you want to or as little as you want to. But, um, you know, we're, we were just talking about failing forward and using that experience to, to your benefit. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so... Um it was a um, company in the Bitcoin space, and me and my co-founder had, had created that space, uh, that company in that space, because Bitcoin was, this was back in 2013, 2014 time period. It was doing really well, and we, we thought it was going to be the future of the financial system, which you know it eventually kind of is in the process of becoming. And um, we had started the company. The, the challenge we ran into pretty quickly, and just to talk, you know, first of all, it was a lot of fun, and we got to learn a lot. But on the, on the, on the downside, what has effectively happened is we went through what was called the Bitcoin winner, where the price of Bitcoin dropped fairly sharply, 150 bucks a pop. And uh, it was really hard to get financing at that point. And, you know, the startup that we had had some challenges structurally. You know, the business model wasn't great. Uh, we didn't really have product market fit. So it was a really difficult time. And, uh, you know, we, we learned a lot from it. But, you know, that was sort of uh, the crux of what happened. Yeah, no, I mean, that's important information, I think, to to have going forward into your next. So you took a break and you took a corporate job for a little while. Well, yeah, I, I had completely exhausted all my finances and I'm pretty sure I was in a lot of debt. I don't like to remember how much exactly, but it was a lot, I think. So yeah. where was your mental state at this point? Your mindset was where? Um, it was exhaustion. It was, um, yeah, it was exhaustion. It was also a sense of like putting you know, I'm married. I was married back then. So it was putting my wife down, our family down. Though, you know, I realized later she didn't care. She was supporting me. So it was just a sense of, um, yeah, just, a, you know, a, a crisis of like, okay, you know, am I not good enough? You know, am I not as good as some of the other people? Um, so, yeah, I was in a very sort of, you know, basically below the line, as they would say, pessimistic, not looking at the future, thinking of being a bit defensive, you know, those kind of things. I'm curious to know, did you at any point when you started this, venture was failure even on the radar did you ever think it wouldn't work out um it certainly was I just don't think my my reaction to failure was as well developed as it is now and I'm still learning but it was yeah. just a lot more um you know identity driven as you guys were talking about mm -hmm. it was more um you know if I fail am I not good enough you know so it was yeah it was identity centric at that point my, my, my concept of failure yeah yeah, I think, I mean, that's so much of what we've been hearing from everybody we talk to is my whole identity is wrapped up in this thing. And so if this thing's not good enough, does that mean I'm not good enough? But just the fact that you're able to express that experience is so important to what we're trying to achieve, right? This is not showing up on social media like, everything's great, I totally got billions of dollars, you know, like <laughs> I'm killing it out here, right? This is just a real experience of, you know, it affects us 
emotionally, psychologically, the social part, right? This is mental health. Our family is affected. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no, really appreciate that. I, you said something that was really interesting that you felt like you were letting your wife down. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wait, she doesn't actually care. She just was on this journey with me. So yeah. I had a similar experience when I said to my wife, like, oh, I feel like I'm not, I'm not cut out for this. And she's like, okay, whatever, like do something else then, you know? And, and it was like, she didn't say like, yeah, you're right. You're like, you suck. And uh, <laughs> if this thing fails, so is our marriage, you know? Like she was just like, yeah, okay. And like life happens and move on, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, that that's, a, it's a pretty cool thing to kind of realize that you have that support. So tell me a little bit about Yardbot. Yeah, so um, so we're, we mow lawns with robots. That's essentially a core uh, setup. Um, the situation that um, I found myself in is that I, you know, learned a fair bit about robotics in my previous uh, job. And I, when I came out to Huntsville, Alabama, one thing I realized is a lot of folks were spending a lot of time on their yard work. Now, please forgive me if you're one of those folks that really enjoys that kind of work. But I, I noticed there's a lot of people doing that work simply because it was a societal expectation or it was a chore that they must get done. And I had spent a lot of time in my last company thinking about self-driving cars and what value do, do they bring to the table. And, you know, one of the things we would keep coming back to is people just want their time back and they want to be able to do whatever they want with their time. And, you know, I realized that that's something we can give to people in many different ways. So essentially, I decided to do a war on chores type situation. <laughs> and uh, I took the skills that I have in building autonomous systems and decided to tackle something that I was seeing people spending a lot of time out here. Yeah, my kids will be very excited about this product when they get older and don't have to mow the lawn because a robot will do it for them. So, uh, but, you know, hey, I had to put in the work, so I feel like my kid needs to put in the work too. Um, so uh, what, what have, you know, obviously this is real high level, but like what have you brought from your, either your past uh, corporate job or your past business that you are doing differently uh, from a, an, you know, how are you approaching it differently so that your mental state is, is better and your work-life balance is better? Um, yeah, it's, that's an interesting question. So there are, so the first is like, there's some, just some realizations that, you know, mental health is, um, it, you know, it's a performance sport, like running a startup is a performance sport and, you know, proper calibration and upkeep of your mental health is essentially critical to the success of your company. And it shows up in 25 different ways, but if you're not feeling great mentally, you know, nothing's going to work out. Uh, especially with small teams, you know, it's very easy for your attitude as a founder to come in and spread to everybody else in the team. So if you're not feeling good because you had a no from a from a venture capitalist, you know, VC, and then, you know, you tell your team and then everybody's down and then the whole thing kind of goes sideways. So I think just the management and being self-aware about your mental state and, you know, correcting it if possible, that's sort of top of mind for me. And then obviously there's a bunch of business learnings and things like that. But, you know, yeah. for this podcast, this is sort of the thing I'm thinking about. What, what, so... Do you have any fear that like you're whitewashing it at all? Like you're coming in and being phony about it? Like even if you are down that you're coming in and saying like, yep, feeling great today. Cause I mean, that's not always the reality of the situation. Agreed. I mean, it's really hard for me. I'm really terrible at poker because I, I just wear my feelings, <laughs> yeah. you know, on my face all the time. So um, it is extremely difficult. I think, um, I think it's more about can you build a muscle essentially and it's a weird analogy to use but can you actually make yourself so when you get a how quickly can you take a no let's say or a negative event in your company and then be able to categorize it you know put it in a right place and then be able to come back from it right so yeah I would 
it's really hard for me to pretend in front of employees yeah. if I'm not feeling good. But it's more about can you actually deal with it in a way where you put it in the context of the bigger picture and right. say, okay, things are going to be okay. Right. We, we lost the battle, but we're still going to win the war kind of deal. That's right. Yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense. So I, I want to talk about it, your corporate job. Yep. Um, you were running a large team. That's right. And they actually offered you resources to help you manage both mentally and actually manage the team. Um, tell me about that a little bit. Yeah, it was extremely transformational for me. So when I started in the company I was working at, you know, it was only 50 people and I was an engineer. And over time, I grew uh, to being a director of product engineering and running a team of about, at its peak, about 120 people. So it was a learning journey for me from the start. And I was, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for the company that helped me through that whole process. Because when I first started, I had all, basically every mistake that you see in the book where the engineer makes as they're managing a team, I made those mistakes. And uh, at some point, it kind of, hit the limit of what I was learning from, uh, you know, other leaders in the company. And I was given an opportunity to talk to a coach, um, you know, in, through one of the uh, systems they had in the, in, the, in the organization. And I think the amazing thing they did was they, uh, the coach did an assessment of my leadership and um, leadership circle is, is what it's called. It's like, are you reactive? Are you creative? And a lot of my tendencies, because of the fact that I, you know, came from an engineering background and grew so quickly into leadership were very reactive. So, you know, things like being controlling and, you know, just negative things that don't really help me run a large team. And through the process process of coaching, I effectively was kind of taught that, okay, I do have some of the other things like, you know, empathy in my portfolio. I just don't exercise them enough simply because I'm so rushed about, you know, accomplishing something. So uh, that was sort of the coaching process. And, you know, I'd meet with my coach uh, twice a month, and uh, even though I'm not with the company anymore, I'm still with my coach. So I'm still getting coached on uh, how to be a better leader. Oh, that's awesome. And I think, you know, that's one of the things uh, that Chris, that you and I have talked about a bunch is, you know, yeah. being a, a startup founder, you don't have that support network. You don't, they don't have, we don't have yeah. those tools in house like you would at a bigger company who can offer that to you. So the, the fact that you can bring them to your current, uh, your current startup and, uh, and share them with us, I think is really awesome. So uh, what, I mean, you're, you're still working with your coach, obviously outside of uh, that company, but what are, can you give me an example of something that, you know, they, they kind of helped you develop or, or something that you've brought to the table at the new company? Yeah. I mean, um, since we're talking about, you know, uh, the sort of mental state, I mean, one of the core concepts, which I've learned pretty early was the the concept of like, are you above the line or below the line? And, you know, at any given time frame, whether it's a minute, hour, day, week, month, you can kind of make an assessment of yourself. And this is a framework which basically says, take a look at yourself and think, are you below the line? What that means is you're pessimistic about the future. You're a little bit defensive. You think things are not going to work out and you're just feeling down essentially. And if you're above the line, you're creative, you're open to collaboration, you're thinking create creatively and you're going to be able to, um, you know, um, uh, move things forward and feel good about the future. And one of the things I learned was essentially to always keep an assessment or self-awareness about your state at any given time because, you know, the kind of conversations you get into, the kind of situations you're in are going to be heavily impacted by your mental state. Mm -hmm. So if you're below the line and you're walking into a six-hour brainstorm, it's not going to go well, right. you know? So that yeah. was one of the frameworks. I mean, there's, there's many others, but that's one of the ones I'm thinking about. No, that's awesome. I mean, that's super useful. I could definitely put that into practice, like, tomorrow, I think, because because I, I, I knew exactly what you said when you're like, I'm below the line today or I'm above the line. Like, I know that feeling, um, and it's just a good way to identify it. Are you, are you familiar, either of you actually, uh, familiar with the concept of the bullet journal? Have you heard about this? Yes, I've heard about the I'm not. Journal. Yeah, so my, my wife did it. Um, you know, she, I don't think she would be uh, upset about me sharing this, but, you know, she went through some struggles after our, our daughter was born. Um, she had some um, 
medical issues that you know, she's totally resolved and everything. But um, one of the things that she did was bullet journal. And in the bullet journal, there was like a, it was like a, one of those like giant thermometers when you're raising money. Um, and she would draw like, she would pick a color and then she would draw like a line that was, you know, longer when she was feeling better and shorter when she wasn't. Um, and it was, you know, green when she was feeling good and it was red when she was feeling bad and, uh, it's similar concept, but the idea is just to, you know, you can start to look at trends as well too and say like, Oh, you know what? I've had a lot more green days in the last week than I did last week. Um, and you know, just kind of taking that pulse of your mental health and seeing where you are. So no, I think that's, I mean, and that's the whole purpose of this podcast is to give people those actionable things to say, <clears throat> you know, how can I keep track of my mental health and not just, you know, wallow away and, you know, and sit in that. So, um, you know, I, I think it's super important to have that, that support network here. Um, you were also in the initial meeting with RigVed and Krista and myself and talking about MindSpark. So what is it, what are you excited about bringing to this community, to the I2C community? Um, definitely, definitely being around, I think, uh, you know, basically not struggling alone is what I'm interested in kind of solving because, um, I, I think in a, a lot of the founders are probably going through similar struggles. Mm -hmm. And uh, even the people that I know in my network who are not in Huntsville, but let's say are in the Bay Area, they st still have the challenge of, are me, am I around enough people that are going through the same stage and problems that I am? So I think I'm excited about kind of helping other people. And, you know, if I have any frameworks or things that I've seen in my past, I'd love to share them with people so, you know, they can kind of, get over things that are keeping them back. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for uh, for bringing your insight. I think, you know, everybody, what's been cool about this so far is that everybody has a different experience. Everybody has a different perspective on this. Um, we've all been in different parts of this industry. And, you know, I came from journalism and went into public safety and entrepreneurship. And, uh, you know, RigVed came from the venture capital side and you've come from the mental health side. And now you're also a founder. And, you know, I, it's, I think it's really fascinating to just kind of hear what works for, for each individual person. So, uh, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. And big thanks to Divya for coming on. I know I took a lot away from his above the line, below the line tools. So I hope that was useful for you guys as well. If you like what you heard today, please like, subscribe, and share with anybody you know who may need this resource. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes, please reach out to us at emotionalrunway at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.